Hey everyone, this is Sean from the Waste of Knowledge podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. This week, we're talking to Pat, the radiologist. We'll be talking about man buns, doing what you love, Galliano, and of course, radiology. So thanks for tuning in, and enjoy. Cheers. I've done this in a minute. I, I will do the whole thing then. All right, ready. As, as long as I'm on mic. Welcome to Waste of Knowledge, the podcast where we ask, what do you do? So it's essentially drunk personal history. Uh, my myself and my TC. co-host TC. I'm Sean. We're two professional bartenders. I don't know between the two of us. There's like 30 years of bartending in there somewhere. Uh, we get fun cocktails, drinks, beers, and we bring on subject matter experts that are experts in their field. And sometimes it's really really impressive stuff. You know, like I don't know, being a doctor of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's people that you know you might not think are impressive, but it's amazing, like hairdressers. Shout out to Heidi. Uh, and then we ask them why, what, why they do what they do, what they like about it, what they hate about it. Random stuff like, did you watch that one X Files episode? <laughs> uh, so, so today we have uh, Pat. Mm-hmm. And Pat, what do you do? Uh, I'm an interventional radiologist. A radiologist? Radiologist. Awesome. Yeah. Is that- uh, interventional radiologist. A big mouthful of the words there. What is that? Uh, in the simplest form, it's someone that uses a bunch of fancy machines to image needles that get poked into you. Nice. Excuse Different me. reasons why you do it, but I mean, that's pretty much the entire goal of the game. Do you do the needle putting in too? Yeah. Oh. I don't know why I felt like slightly judging you, but I don't like needles. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all of a sudden, so I'm like, oh. So I can see the look of fear on we your face. We are not now. friends. <laughs> don't worry. Most of the needle putting is when you're nice and sedated. Hmm. Okay, that's good. That's, I don't, I, I, ah, fucking needles. Nah, I try not to swear in it anyway. No, well. It's all right. This is an adult podcast. It is. I need to change the. The classification on iTunes. <laughs> right now it's like yeah. teen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You, you get like four swears or something. Teens love us in alcohol. I'd say teens definitely swear more than that. Don't right. worry. Oh. All right. So imaging, needle putting for the purposes of seeing what's going on. So, I mean. How people react to needles. It's kind of hard to lump it together, but I mean, it could be. It's for pretty much any purpose you can think of. So, so like, so between treating and diagnosing, how about that? Yeah. So on the diagnosing portion, so that's where you talk about like arteriography, venography. So you'll access arteries or veins. So very much like if you get a heart cath from a cardiologist. So they go up, they stick you in the groin or your arm, and they thread a catheter all the way up to the arteries or the veins that go to the heart. They put contrast in and they take pictures. So an interventional radiologist will pretty much do the same thing, except they do it in every single organ and extremity, except for the heart, because we pioneered it in the heart, but the cardiologist stole that, so we right. don't do that anymore. As thieves. Yes. So that's, that's kind of like the diagnostic portion of it. Okay. Uh, the treatment portion of it is same aspect as, you know, if you have blocked blood vessels going down your legs, we can stent it, we can open it up. Uh, fix that, like, claudication, kind of the, the pain you see people, they get in, like, holding their buttocks after they walk, like, a block or two. Um, hmm. 
If you do it in veins, it's people with these big, giant veins that with like big leg swelling. Probably happens to bartenders, waitresses, nurses, people that are on their feet all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, more exotic things, or you know, if it's in the head, it's for people who have aneurysms or strokes. You're putting wires up there to pull clots out now these days for strokes. Uh, the other stuff you do is when people have tumors and organs like liver. Uh, you'll go in there and you'll shoot little beads that go out there that either have chemotherapy in them or uh, a little radioactive beads in it. So, you know, tomorrow, that's what I'm doing tomorrow, is go out into the liver, find the tumor, and you just fill it full of radiation. Mm. Wow. So it is a pretty broad spectrum of... Well, that's just one. So then you go from the full other spectrum of... Um, I'll stick people in the back, they'll put needles in there, put steroid injections, try and fix their back pain. Or you can put dye in their spine to see where they have a spinal canal stenosis. Or you can do it in the joints to see where they have joint problems. You can put steroids in that. What was that last big word? Kinestosis? Spinal Uh, spinal canal stenosis. What is that? So when people say they have bulging discs. Ah. So like your, your spinal cord goes down and it's got a space that you were born with. You get a bulging disc, it pushes into that space. You get bone spurs, it pushes into that space. Mm. And every time it pushes, even a few millimeters, it's basically just nudging your nerve. So that's why sometimes you sit a certain way and you'll hurt and it'll go down your legs called radiculopathy. Just talking about that made me literally change my posture. Like, hey, as I was sit up straight. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> oh. <sighs> Try to lean back straight. Yeah. And then... I mean, then you have people that get infections like uh, abscess or stuff, you know. Imagine like a big zit on your face that you got popped to get that stuff out, but inside your body. So I'll stick them in a CT scanner or use an ultrasound. I'll find it, find a safe window, and I'll just stick a needle down in there, put a wire, and then put a drain down into it so you can drain all that stuff out without going to surgery. Hmm. Nice. Interesting. So... Hmm. I really want to think of it as it's, you're kind of like internal surgery, essentially. You're, you're trying to do like the, the least invasive, but still going inside someone to modify. Yeah, that's pretty much the entire idea. I was just trying to say, you try and do what a surgeon could do or would have to do, but minimally invasive. Yeah. So no scars, nothing. You know, everything's through a needle. The biggest incision I make is like a little one centimeter nick. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's kind of... Cool, but just I, I seems st- increasingly difficult. I still made a phase. I'm like, is that's not with a needle, right? Because <laughs> that's a that's a big ass needle. Usually with a needle. Mm. Now you make a little nick first. You'll be under. You won't remember. I, Most time you'll be under. Want to be really high for that? I don't. I would not suggest being high. You could really well, start freaking out. On the table. <laughs> yeah. So I I actually uh, whatever there's the the common. Uh, anesthesia used to put people under hmm? I don't have a very good reaction to uh, so the last time I was under um, which was to get my tonsils out when I was mm-hmm. 21 uh, I don't remember this but apparently I woke up and I grabbed the closest tech and strangled them uh, and then I ripped out my IV and they had to put me back under and chain you to the bed without yeah. an IV uh, or maybe it was when I woke up the second time I tore it out <laughs> I don't really remember anything until yeah. people were like I woke. I remember waking up in a bed and people going, are you okay? I'm like, uh, and you know, because I was still kind of out of it. And then like wondering why there's this giant bruise on my arm and like, yeah, man, you did not wake up happy. I was like, oh, sorry. 
Like someone had to go home. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so remind me never do anything on you. Yeah. Well, it was it was, and it was someone suggested that like, hey, because I don't, uh, I haven't used been uh, clinically used a, a lot of opiates on, mm-hmm. or, and they're like, you know, you you have reactions to like. Like certain things like make me sleepy, like and I can't remember what it was, but there's someone was looking at me going, "You might have a bad time with this." I was like, "Okay, well, I've never last time I was under, I was like four, so who knows?" And sure enough, whoops. That's a it was scary. my wife. My wife said that she's like, "You're, you're probably not." And not that they'll make sure to strap you down before they next time. Well, yeah, I tell time. them now. Like yeah. hey, at least fair warning. I mean, I'm fatter and less stronger than I was, so. But you choked out a person. Right. Put those nice padded cuffs on you. Right. The, They're the, called reminders. Really? Medical term. Reminders? Yeah, they don't right. like it when you use the terms, I handcuffed the patient. Right. right. Place the reminders on the patient. Oh. Oh, see, I was I was, already going down like a kinky avenue. Like, I, I remember that time, the doctor. It reminded you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they've been used time. for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Ah, I love it. So what, what, uh, I guess what really drove you to go down this avenue in the medical field? Well, I was driven to the medical field because that's pretty much what's expected of you as an Asian. <laughs> I mean, honestly. <laughs> you had a few choices. I mean, I live the stereotype. Were, were you given, like, at least, like, lawyer or doctor? Or... Yeah, but lawyer was like a far second. And below that was the double E, you know, engineer. You, know, you could be an electrical engineer. Who is that to you or from your parents? That was the first oh, from second. my parents. Okay. My brother's a doctor also. Well, it'd be acceptable if you're an electrical engineer, but we really want you to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of how. You know, yeah. okay. We'd only be one time ashamed of you if you were. No, you know. <laughs> but no, I mean, you go to medical school. You sign up for this. You're there for four years. You have no idea what actually being a doctor is. You do a lot of studying for the first two years that have absolutely nothing to do with your entire life, your career, or anything else. So you still don't know what being a doctor is. So then you get one year to actually follow doctors <laughs> and realize how miserable many doctors are in their lives. Well, your rotations are only one year? Well, I mean, because you have to apply in your last year. So you get one full year, and then you had to have picked by the end of your third year because you needed to pick all the rotations to audition for your recommendations, everything, so you could apply in that fourth year. So really the amount of time is very little. And the way the way they slant medical education is really biased. I mean, it's, it's to what you need, right? So America is missing a lot of primary care. So they want more surgeons. They want more uh, internal medicines, OBs. So they demand that you have to do these rotations. Right. So you do all that, and if you don't like any of it, you just literally have to look at what you haven't gotten to do yet and go, I really hope to God I like this field. Thankfully, my brother also hated every single thing, and he picked radiology. So I did, too, <laughs> and knowing absolutely nothing about radiology. Now, are there different fields of radiology? Absolutely. Right, okay. So then you do radiology rotation. I get all my things, and I go to residency. And at that point, I realized I don't really like pure radiology either. Because it's a little bit too divorced. You never see a patient. You're just looking at the computer. And it's kind of intellectually stimulating, but not not really like a doctor. Right. You know? So then you kind of go towards the more patient-oriented part of radiology, which is 
interventional radiology, which is to use all this high-tech imaging to actually achieve a specific purpose for a patient. So that's that's kind of how I ended up in interventional. Is I didn't like most everything in medicine. I picked radiology, and I picked the best thing out of radiology. Mm. So your brother went into radiology as well? Yeah. Is he older or younger? Yeah. Older? Yeah, he's pretty old. He's uh, He pretty much... He went through the entire thing way before I did, so he was a resident by the time I so was. So you getting had at least a little bit yeah. of, a little bit of an idea. Yes, that with added him. to the shame factor too. <laughs> like your brother's already a radiologist. Well, you see, he should have been a lawyer. That's actually what he would have liked, but he realized the shame that would have been incurred <laughs> by being a lawyer instead of a doctor. So he switched very last second. Damn. Uh, pardon me for one second while I smack my hamster. <laughs> I appreciate is you. That going, a, is that a euphemism? Yeah, I appreciate you going out of the room to do that. Be nice to Mia. Take your time, though. <laughs> Can you bring me that other Michelada, sir? I'll take a nice. refill. Yeah. Yeah, Pat would like. Yeah, Pat would like a refill too, though. Yeah. Oh, you, oh yeah. He crushed it. Since we're, we're in. Uh, I think I'm a Bob. Uh, we started out with Caipirinhas. And, uh, Less strong this time. I was going to say, do you want another one or do you want to switch to a Moscow? I'll try a Moscow. Okay. Because I got, uh, I think, Fever Tree ginger beer. I'm going to try that. It's spicy. It's good. If you want to sponsor us, Fever Tree will say really nice things about you. All right. Uh, now, and do you want to do it with vodka or with the ASW American Spirit? I'll try that. I thought it would be fun to try. Let's uh, try it. Kentucky Mule. Since I was there today and I tried to get them to come on the podcast, uh, attendance, money, or booze would be awesome, ASW. <laughs> Who'd you talk to at ASW? Well, now I feel like a dick because I don't remember their names. Oh, that's how we make connections here at Wasted <laughs> Knowledge Podcast. But, but I had a lot of whiskey. Strong networking skills there. I, uh, I will ask my friend that was there with me who who's much better at remembering and actually grabbed business cards. And we'll edit I this part down so they don't think we're assholes. Well, if really, you, you're the only one that looks like an asshole. It's it's the um, that's the whatever this. <laughs> it's your um, top knot. I guess it's not even a knot, though. It's just my, my daughter calls it, oh, a little ponytail. I mean, that's pretty much as like, accurate as it gets. Yeah. It's just a... Once it gets a little bit longer, you can turn into a mun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When it's wet, I can do it, which is weird because then it, like, if, it, if it dries and then I pull it out, it gets this, like, flag curve to it. Audio. That sounds very weird in audio without it, you touching your hair. It, it flags and curves. <laughs> When I pull it out dry, it has this little flag curve to it. All right. Talk amongst yourselves. Oh, nice. Well, that's awesome. So did you always, like I know you said like the stereotypical like Asian family thing, but did you always think you were going to go into the medical field? Pretty much. I mean, I think the only other thing that intrigued me kind of high school age was uh, computer programming. Gotcha. But kind of made a decision. I didn't want to make my job what I thought was a good hobby because then you'll end up hating your hobby. And I, I believe that in a lot in a lot of ways. I think that there's some truth to that. I mean, I there's the old adage like find a job doing what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. But I don't I I don't think that's completely true because having to do what you have to do in order to make your money, yes. having to do what you 
what you love to do on a daily basis, being forced to do it, it's still a job. Yeah. And in the end, nobody really likes a job. No. Like, it's like school. You had to go to school. You enjoy school. Yeah. But when you woke up, you didn't want to go to school. Right. Like, I mean, there's definitely levels of disliking your job or disliking things. But in the end, having, like, the freedom to do your hobby whenever you want or how you want or in the direction that you want or changing your hobby and deciding one day you don't yep. want to do it anymore. Absolutely. Like, I don't like this hobby. You can't really do that with a job. No. <laughs> yeah. So, Nice. No. It's you, funny. I see a lot of students that come, and they always talk about what they want to do and what they should do, and they're always looking for the the perfect career. I was like, you just pick something you kind of like. You know, make a good living. Pay for the things that you do want, actually, that you know for sure you like. I feel like that's what happened to me in school. I got a little burnout. had a lot of other things going on, so I never finished. But I went to school for mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. and I was there. I mean, I, I basically had a couple semesters left. I don't know how credits would go or how much remedial school I'd have to do if I went back today. But I know that towards the end, the mechanical field, what pulled me to the mechanical field was cars, Mm -hmm. probably number one, but cars and machines and things like that. But as I was going through and looking at what they do as their day-to-day job, I really didn't want to be a mechanical engineer anymore. And I would... So I was going to try and make the shift over to civil because those guys do the same exact thing, but a lot easier. There you go. Because it doesn't move. It stays still. Mm-hmm. And they make just enough not more money. And they get cushy government jobs. <laughs> 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 and so, like, I started to think of it more of, like, a job thing yeah. instead of, like, a what-I-love-to-do hobby thing. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess I currently do one of the things I love now which is work in the restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. And, and and basically, I mean, I'm in restaurant management, so there's a lot of stuff that sucks, really sucks about the management side. But I enjoy teaching and passing on. And I also enjoy, like, being a host mm-hmm. in any sense. Like, I just, I like when people come over, if I have people over, which is very rarely... But if I have people over, it's always a big deal. It's always, this has got to be clean. This has got to be that. This has to look this way. I'm going to make sure I have this, this, and this in the fridge. Or I have this, this, and these options in order for people to be entertained. That kind of thing. So I kind of do what I like. But at the same time, it's still a job. Yeah. In... uh in your field, though, what are the what are like the hours like? Is it pretty nine to five ish? It feels like, or is it kind of? I mean, it's like eight whatever to five. you need. Okay. Um, any kind of procedural job you have. I mean, so my colleagues that are just diagnostic, basically, say computer and read read exams. They pretty much absolutely have a set schedule. Like, they come in, if they are decent at their job, they finish their job, they get to leave. Uh, really, you just leave your responsibilities when you leave, uh, and their call, their call is basically just weekend shifts. But I mean, procedural is a little bit harder. You can do everything right, but I mean, procedures are procedures. So something may go wrong, or you may just have a case run late at the end of the day. So I mean, I generally leave around five, but if you have bad cases or someone just is sick at the end of the day, you're staying. Right. I take call a week at a time. So if there's someone sick that needs something drained or something fixed, then they 
they call me in and I just drive in and go do it. Nice. Yeah, the last Dr. Pat we had on definitely had a lot more hectic, crazy mm-hmm. schedule because it was emergency medicine. So Ooh. it was overnights here and there and doing this and doing that. Cheers, but by the way. That's why I was curious, like, at least. So this is a whiskey, that, but it's a. Hmm. I like how you went all the way, Sean, and yeah. got the nice copper mugs. Yeah. Took them down from upstairs. So you, I don't. It was good. Right? I don't yeah, know if this really is completely true, but I'm. I heard that. I heard a story. I read an article once that the whole Moscow Mule craze mm-hmm. basically started at one bar that had an overstock of Stoli vodka, ginger beer, and these stupid copper mugs. <laughs> and it created a craze. The current craze, not the original import of vodka replacing gin as America's favorite spirit, et cetera, et cetera. Right, but, yeah, but the mule and everything, yeah, because there's nothing else at ginger beer. And I don't know how. I think it was a misordering thing, and it just kind of started the new craze all over again. I can't remember. I think it was a bar in New York. I, I can but believe. But they basically, like. I feel like I've heard this story Made before. it their special. Hmm. Or incepted mine. It made it their all special right. and like, everything. I can believe that. Really like, pushed back. Yeah, under, like, if we could find a use for that for Galliano, like, all of a sudden people would be getting jailbirds or some, some crazy crap like <laughs> so, that. What is that? So What's, Galliano is uh, an Italian, I guess they call it an aperitif. It's, it's yeah. yellow. It's in a big, tall, thin bottle. It's very Every bar has one, and it's the same very, one from 1950. Yeah, it's very nice. It's very licorice. Um, but <laughs> I, I don't know where it comes from, in all honesty. Even as a bartender and every restaurant and, and, and working in a restaurant and being a purchaser for different bars and restaurants, I don't know where it comes from. Like, I mean, I know who the distributor is, but the fact still remains. I went to this place over, uh, went to South Cobb Diner mm-hmm. over in Austell, this tiny diner in historic downtown Austell. And they literally have this little bar that's no bigger than this little recording booth we're in now and they had this very modest back bar like it had like absolute maybe one other vodka like crown royal jack daniels just your bare bones back bar and some bare bones bar mixers they just had it there in case Mm -hmm. and some reason there was still a giant bottle full bottle of galliano on that back bar i don't even think anybody in there knew what galliano was the only decoration it's going to be there forever. Yeah. You only have to order one. Yeah. That, that's what somebody, I read some the other day, and somebody said the greatest use they've found for Galliano is to keep the dust off the back bar in that particular spot. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Because um, you don't get many Harvey, Harvey Wallbangers. And when somebody does order one, it will literally make, it blows everybody's mind anytime. I don't think I heard somebody order a Harvey Wallbanger when we were at Canoe one time, and it was just like, "Did you what?" I mean, I'm, I'm going to go to the bars and start ordering that now. Yeah, yeah I don't even should. know what that is, but I'm going to order it's Galliano and orange juice. Oh, there you go. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. That's <laughs> oh, it. the recipe I learned was like seven ingredients, no. and like one of them was Galliano. No, I feel like something with the name should. More than oh yeah, two yeah. well there was like a slow bang against the wall, which was like slow gin, and Galliano, <laughs> and, and orange juice and something else. 
Um, there was there was there was a rusty there was like a rusty nail variation with it. The 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 old cocktail names are pretty insane. So it was mixed with the rusty nail, so it'd be a rusty bang. Oh, it's vodka, Galliano, and orange juice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, there is another spirit. My bad. So that's not that, but so but there's also Yellowbird that uses it, right? Yellowbird or Jailbird, yeah. I mean, there's other things, but I I. It's, Nothing since, like, 1985 has been created with the use of Galliano. Unless it was meant to yeah. simply get it away from the back bar. Right. Yeah. If you want to just sell out of it. All right, Pat. Uh, all right. So I, I know there's there's conversating happening uh, when I was making uh, the next round. Uh, what happened? What happened? Or, or where should we go from there? Because I, okay. I, don't, I don't know well, where Well, we were at. just talking about if he ever thought about going a different route than the medical field and then we kind of got off on a small small but related tangent of working like making actually you should have been involved in this because i feel like it's what you do making your hobbies your work Mm. and whether or Mm. not the whole so it's the adage of like keeping your hobbies and work separate in order to kind of keep the hobby still fun Mm. and like freeing of all the other constraints that come with a job or the old adage of find some or find a job doing what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Sure, sure. So you have more hobbies than most people and you've turned a lot of them into jobs. How how do you feel about that? How do I feel about yeah. that? Uh no, I I I prefer the 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 anti-capitalist find the thing that you love. Uh because that that's you're going to spend all your time or a vast majority of your time working it's just hands down and it's okay to work and to do work that's that doesn't please you because there's almost no job out there that lets mm-hmm. you do only the thing you love uh, you interventional radiology i i assume you like doing the procedures right yeah but you know oh, oh. no no i do i i think my take on that was you can the right mindset turn almost any job aspects of that job into what you enjoy right sure i like video games so i could break down my job into i stare at a screen i use hand-eye coordination and i achieve a goal and of course the reward from it is commensurate to how difficult that goal was and you know the payoff from the patient and all that so i mean it's kind of thing it's, it's kind of funny because every radiologist from our generation always kind of goes tries to spin that as their personality like I think I'd be really good because you know I've got great spatial computation skills because I play video games and all this to the point where attendings just laugh but I mean it really kind of is true you know like you can kind of find some silver lining in most jobs that are similar to your hobby I like computers I sit at a computer all day now I hate computers though (laughs) (laughs) and that's the one thing about my job is I mean I like computers and I love video games but I hate working behind the computer. Even yep. the computer stuff that I do these days, like uh, I find it very hard. My current position, like I'm, I've been part of management teams in the past, but in my current position, I am the manager. Mm-hmm. I'm not really part of a management team so much. I have some help, and but really, I'm the manager. So there's a lot of admin time for me right now. And it's very hard for me to be in a restaurant and hear everything else going on out there and hear the voices and stuff like that. 
and the laughs and maybe the crash of a plate and be in that office writing a report <laughs> or putting together a schedule or doing this. And it's like, no, I got to get back up and I got to go back out there. So, yeah, I can see that. Hmm. So, so I'll tell you that management is probably the only thing I can't turn into something that's fun. It's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun at all. There's nothing, but see, like you said, though, but management necessary. So, but like you said, there's so many aspects. There's a lot of aspects. But so I have to pull the positive things. Oh, it's so bad. Like, oh, I would so much bad. rather. Would much rather just do a task, get yes. paid to do the task. In the end, but in the food and beverage industry, what what's that look, Sean? Oh, so so to me, and not that the finding something you love doing, etc. That that whole thing, like not that that's should be the core point, but you guys are trying to find the silver lining, find the silver lining in the task versus finding the task that you like me and like, yeah. Not that I've nailed it, because I haven't, but I think there's a distinct difference there. And like, it's good to find what you, to find something that you like about the job. Otherwise, life would probably just suck all around. 100%. And we, and that's what we were saying. And uh, we, we do believe that. And we do think that like the find, like finding a job and what you love does have its positives. But mm-hmm. our counter argument was that we both tend to agree on is that in the end, if you make a job out of what you love, mm-hmm. a lot of times it becomes, it, it, it comes with the negativities of a job as well. You don't, you, you're constrained, you're obligated. And it becomes your, um, I mean, your financial need will kind of overpower overpower a lot. So you kind of, I don't know, you could lose a lot of the love. Yeah, I don't want to feel like I have to wake up and go watch TV. I like watching TV, but if I felt like I had to for a certain amount of time per day mm. and you had to watch really terrible TV, I didn't get to choose, but because I had to because it was part of a job, I was like, I don't know. Because I really thought about I mean, we were talking about this before. I was like really into computers and in the high school I was building, I was selling them. And I thought, you know, I could do this. And then I took a few programming classes and I just at that point I was like, you know, to really be good at this, I'd have spent a lot of time coding and while I do like computer, I feel like it kind of twists my perception of what made this enjoyable to me at that point. So that's kind of like, that was what it was like. So, yeah, maybe there could have been something else, but I was like, I'd rather just wanted to save that portion of my life and separate it from what else I would do as a job to just prevent it from poisoning the thing I like. Hey, you're still listening. That must mean you love us. So continue that love and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to follow us at Wasted K Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email at wastedknowledgepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and if you'd like to be on the show, that's the best way to, to uh, find us and tell us. Uh, also, we could always use uh, extra money to buy booze or, and or new equipment. So uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash wastedknowledge and show us some love there. And Paramount, please, 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 always get a safe ride home and drink responsibly. Cheers.